You know, a lot of times things get you down, but the Lord will lift you back up. If you let him, no matter how bad it seems to be, God will take hold of your hand and he'll give you strength. And I'm thrilled today that uh, Mark Walls got to come and teach his Sunday school class. Let's give him a round of applause today. And so excited that he got to do that. Mark, I want to sing this song for you right now. I wrote this song. Just when I wondered how it could be Just when all my strength was gone Just when the world was closing in Jesus gave me a song And my faith was lifted again Yes, my faith was lifted again Jesus came in spoke to my soul And my faith was lifted again He'll do it He loves you when all the world seems so strange and dark, when life is hard to explain, the Lord will take you up in His arms. Your faith will be lifted again. And my faith was lifted again. Yes, my faith was lifted again. Jesus came in His to my soul and my faith was lifted again yes my faith was lifted again oh my faith was lifted again Jesus came and spoke to my soul and my faith was lifted again Amen. Jesus came and spoke to my soul Oh 
the Lord. I'm thankful again uh, that you're here. This is exciting to some of you all. This is now a few of you. This is the first time you've been able to come back inside the building. Isn't that right? Uh, How many are here for the first time inside the building since all this? Wow, that's great. Awesome. Okay, so now we got a promise. We're not going to be hugging and slobbering and shaking hands all over these guys because they're coming in here being brave. And we're trying to be safe, right? Amen? It's okay to do that, right? It's nothing wrong. Uh, It's not a lack of faith to show some common sense. And so right now we're uh, trying not to shake hands too much and we're trying not to uh, sneeze on anybody. I saw a picture of an airplane and all these people is in midair and all these people on top of it. And it said the caption, someone sneezed on the plane. So, you know, this is uh, serious, but guess what? Eternal life is serious, too. In fact, it's more serious than anything. And we want to keep on leading people to the Lord. Um, I'm so thrilled that all of y'all are back and able to be here. We're keeping all the seats way separated and a lot of people wearing masks. And we were, I mean, this place has been so sanitized. I mean, germs that's been here for 100 years are dead. And uh, so we're excited about being in God's house today. And I'm excited about a lot of things. Bible school, for one thing. I mean, I, I want to know who climbed up there and hung that streamer. It's, uh, probably David, right? Yeah. I wish I had some pictures of that. Now, last week, if y'all, little disclaimer, if y'all were watching my live feed <laughs> last week, I did not intentionally preach as one of the Blues Brothers. (laughs) It was an accident. I set my camera up, and I accidentally touched the Blues Brothers filter. So every time I got close to the camera, it put a hat and glasses on me. Oh, my gosh. It was pretty hilarious. I thought we could do something for Bible school, though. I was thinking maybe a lion or... No, 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 no. No, uh, no filters, no filters. A helmet for game day. Uh, I'm just thankful it could have been something else, you know. And uh, so, no, that that was an accident. But I will say, you know, I must have really preached an amazing sermon because it almost went viral. I'm sure it had nothing to do with the hat and glasses. No. I actually deleted it. <laughs> Charlo said, oh, I'm going to share that before you delete it. I went, as fast as I could. So I, I want to, um, I'm going to put Mark on the spot and ask him if he would come up here. Maybe someone would push Mark right up here where we could see him. And let me tell you a little bit about Mark Walls. Um, he taught school at Stonewall for a long, long time and touched a lot of people's lives. When Susie and I came here back when we were very young, uh, yeah, that would work great. Just turn him around right there in the light. When, When Susie and I came here and we had no children, we were young, we were skinny, Susie still is. I don't know what happened to me. I blamed it on Shirley's cooking for a long time, and now I don't know what to blame it on. So we went uh, to Mark and Shirley's almost every day. Um, And, in fact, I worked at KADA Radio at the time, and I had to be on call, like, all the time. You know, the new guy is always on call. So I was on call, and instead of putting my phone number down, I put their number down. 
That's how much I was there. So um, Mark is battling cancer, and it's a hard battle, and he has taught Sunday school. I was in his Sunday school class when I first came here, and he's taught Sunday school all this time, and I just wanted him to share a testimony this morning. He said, I want to come back and teach my class uh, one last time, and I'll say, we don't know that it's one last time, do we? God is the only one that knows that, right? So you're getting above your pay grade on that, Mark. It's God that decides that. And I want him to give us a little testimony of anything that's on his mind. Shirley, would you bring that mask up here, the paper mask? Can you hear me? Good. Uh, I received a lot of praise, and I'm very thankful for it. Just, I don't know when it will happen if the Lord will call me home, but it's his call. And uh, just thinking about it, and I told the Sunday school class, I would very be blessed beyond all measure to be in in heaven with loved ones of my own family that I knew were Christians. I'd love to be with them, but I don't really like to leave this world and not be with my family that's back here. It's kind of a, uh, being with the Lord is, is more blessed to think about but still yet there's that other thought but uh, at any rate there's two here that really deserve more praise than I do and that's Shirley and Minnie Ellen they were here the first day the church opened Shirley has taught everything she's worked here song leader uh, false Creek cooking just anything that was she was going on she was she was working at it and uh, that's been from day one I didn't join the team until uh, what 66 or something like that so uh, I, uh, they're the ones that deserve a lot for what all they've done for this church and uh, I can remember teaching Sunday school class in the old building. Uh, there was always a lot of wasps to deal with in the classroom. Uh, I remember one incident. It's one of the it's teenage girls, or maybe a little younger, was teaching. The wasp got up under dress. I thought she was going to undress right there. <laughs> It didn't happen, thank goodness. <laughs> Been a lot of things I remember. Very blessed for. Been very blessed for Randall and Charlotte, David, many others that have had a part in our lives, and a big part. Uh, I just wanted to thank you and tell you this and. Uh, uh, if uh, if I were to die soon, just praise the Lord for it, because I have a uh, amount of pain that I can't get rid of. And, uh, appreciate that. Thank you, Randall. Thank you, Mark.
would, we're not going to gather around and, and We'll accept the Lord's will one way or the other. But I want to pray that he's healed because I believe that God can do it. And he does too. We've seen a lot of people healed in this church. Seen people that had tumors that the next day they didn't have them. We've seen people that the doctor said there was no hope and they got better and were restored back to health. One of my favorite stories is uh, Minnie's husband, Robert, Shirley's dad, was terminal with leukemia. And we prayed, and the Lord restored him. And he got out of that hospital, and he was able to come and supervise. the. He was a builder. He was able to come and be here every day and boss and supervise the building of our very first building. And I'll never forget that. That was God. He did that. And so it's up to God. We want Mark around longer. We want him around longer. And But we also are not selfish. We'll accept God's will. But we're going to pray for healing right now. You extend your hand toward him or your heart, however you feel led. And let's pray. God, we just pray in Jesus' name that you would heal this body. God, we're following your commandment. Lord, we are following your word and your will and praying that you'd heal our brother in Christ. This cancer must leave his body. With your command, it will. God, with just one touch, you can restore his body to full health. Lord, we're asking you to restore him. You've healed him over and over when he was on the brink of death. And God, we're asking you to do this. We believe in you. We trust you. Our God is able. And we look to you right now, the author and finisher of our faith. Would you heal our brother by your stripes? We are healed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Three years back, four years or five years, whatever it was, they sent me to the city take me up there by ambulance and uh, they got me inside uh, about 10 or 20 minutes after I got in there I had a severe heart attack uh, only one in five is expected to live at that moment but I did they got me out of it felt like they broke every rib in my chest I think they did but, uh, but they got me out of it. I could name so many times that God has saved my life. And I don't want to take up any more time, but there has been many of them that I should have been dead already a long time ago, but I'm not. And I give God the glory for that. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're going to sing a song. Y'all help us sing it now. It's one of our favorites. Well, silver and gold, they are much. But if I have to choose, I'll choose his touch. For without it, I... If I have to choose, this is what I cry. Well, I choose the Lord, He's the one I love. Ten thousand fair ones, He's a fair son. Well, I choose the Lord, He's my everything, and to be. 
say what you want. For that I know that took a lot of strength just to get here this morning and I appreciate you going through that and Shirley for helping getting him here and many glad you're back here and Frida and Pat and everybody I, I'm, I hate to start naming names I can't name everybody please forgive me for not uh, knowing who all's here for the first time but I, you raised your hands earlier and it just thrills my soul have you seen that picture of, on Facebook where it says back in church for the first time and the guy he's turning flips and everything well I'm not going to do that but uh, I feel like it on the inside so uh, I'm excited to be here and I want to share a scripture with you and I won't keep you a whole lot longer but I want to read quite a bit of scripture and then talk about it it's in Luke chapter 8 Luke chapter 8 we are celebrating freedom today and freedom begins with Jesus Christ you can never truly be free without Jesus Christ being in charge of your life in fact wouldn't it be awesome if you didn't have to worry about everything that you could just say Jesus Christ this is yours take it and I'll just ride along with you wouldn't that be great and you actually can do that you got to do your part yes you got to work you got to serve but here's the good part it's enjoyable to serve the Lord it's not something that you dread it's not something that you uh, begrudge it's something that's exciting when you do something for God and you're really out there working for your family how many know that providing for your family is the same as working for the Lord how many know that providing for the church and for God's work is the same as working for the Lord how many know that treating people the way Jesus would treat people is working for the Lord all of these things matter you know our church really did something special this week I take no credit for it Tamara and all the volunteers that helped her really did something great uh, they took a bunch of food I don't know how many meals was it hundreds I guess and they took or dozens anyway dozens of meals to the Ada Police Department and fed all of them and then they went to the Sheriff's Department and bought meals for all of them and then homemade meals and then took them to the light horse police fed all of them because we want to show them that we appreciate their sacrifice and their service to our community we should highly value our police right now because I think you know that they're being disrespected all over America and they need our encouragement yes
Thank you, Robin. And that was, and Robin was saying how touched the officers were to receive those meals and how impact it, the impact it made. And thank you for letting us know that. It means a lot. And I just want to tell you that you can have a big, a big, big impact in your life. You may think you can't. You may think it's too late. You may think you've done too many things wrong. You may think that there's too much water under the bridge. I'll tell you right now, God can change your life today. He can transform it. You can have a whole new direction, a whole new direction in your life if you let him. And there's a good story about this in Luke chapter 8. In fact, it's one of the classic stories of the miracles of Jesus Christ. I've got to get over here closer so I can make sure it's not putting any funny faces on me. Okay. I, I, th I thought I would try to blame it on being hacked, but I just did it myself. That's all there is to it. Okay, so in Luke chapter 8, Luke chapter 8, this is a very familiar story, verse 26. We're going to read about it. Some of us went to Israel several years ago, and we actually went to this very spot, and we stood up on this cliff that is talked about in this scripture. We stood right there on that cliff and looked down off of it and saw this very spot that's talked about in this scripture. It says, they arrived in the country of Gadarene, which is over by the Sea of Galilee. So it's a, it's a little city that's along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee is not a big ocean. It's about, well, for those of you all who live here close, it is about twice the size of Lake Kanawha, if that tells you anything. So the Sea of Galilee is big, but it's not a huge ocean, and there's a few cities around it, and they're small towns. And so the Sea of Galilee uh, was the place where Jesus did most of his miracles because he came from uh, Nazareth, down to the Sea of Galilee, and he went from town to town around, around the sea. Now, I've been trying to tell my wife that that means it's scriptural that I should have a Bass Lake ministry. She says, no. No, no, no. I don't want that anyway. I'll tell you where I want to be, right here. And here's why, because God is here. And God is here, and he's working in people's lives here. And he'll work in your life if you let him. You see, our heart is surrounded by walls. It's kind of like a castle. And there's an inner wall and an outer wall and another wall. Old time. Castles of old. And your heart is surrounded by walls. And it's up to you to open the gate. It's up to you to let the Lord in. Now, Jesus can knock down walls. Amen? Jesus can pull down strongholds. Sometimes there's extra walls around our heart because the devil will build up walls to keep Jesus out. Sometimes our own mind creates a wall, a hardening, if you will, around our heart to keep Jesus out. But the Bible says that Jesus, one of the things he does really well is pull down strongholds. And so one of the ways you can pray for people that you care about is, Lord, pull down the strongholds, pull down the walls that are keeping them from opening the gate and letting you in. And it's a mental thing. It's a, you know, it's a psychological thing. It's a spiritual thing. Let me tell you, your spirit is your brain. Your spirit is your mind. It's not supernatural, okay? There's a lot of supernatural things in the world. How many know that miracles still happen supernaturally in this world? How many have experienced it? Let me hear you out there. I know that there's angels. How many know there's angels? That's supernatural, right? But when it comes to your spirit, your mind, that is part of who you are. It is not supernatural. It is not unknown. Would you agree that you have a personality, that you have characteristics, that you have thinking, that you have logic, that you have reasoning, all right? That's all part of your spirit, and that's your consciousness, okay? Your consciousness. Your consciousness is going to live forever. 
Jesus told a story about the rich man and Lazarus, and he said Lazarus was a beggar that laid at the rich man's gate. They both died. The rich man woke up in hell, and he said, I am tormented in this flame. You see, he still had his mind. He still knew who he was. He knew where he was. He felt everything that he would have felt when he was in his body. He was no longer in his body, but he still felt it. Now, I can prove that. Have you ever known anyone, or maybe you've experienced it yourself, that you got a limb cut off or a toe or a finger cut off, and you can still feel it? That is the same kind of thing. When we die, our consciousness lives on forever. All right? And here's where the devil wants to hit you real hard. He wants to hit you in your spirit, in your consciousness, in your mind, in your personality, in, in your vulnerabilities. Your vulnerabilities are in your mind. So's mine. All right? Every single thing out there that I count as a flaw started right here. It starts right here. It has to end right here. And here's the thing about angels. To, you gotta, do you believe the Bible or not? How many believe the Bible? We don't really understand it all, but I believe it, right? I mean, I try to understand it all. I can't really understand all of it, but every time I read it, I understand more and more and more and more. So the trick is, if you want to understand it, you got to read it. Not just once. you got to read it over and over and over and over and over and over. And I'll tell you something else. you got to be really, really careful about what preacher or what teacher you listen to. In fact, this is something that I've done. I'm not telling you to do this, but I'm telling you that this is what God told me to do. Way back when I was 11 years old, I started surrendering to special service and reading the Bible more. By the time I was 14, he wanted me to start preaching. I was no Bible scholar. But here is a conscious decision that I made. I chose that I was not going to go by other people's interpretation of the Bible. I was going to just read the Bible and let God tell me what it meant. Now, I look back on my life, Brother Charles, and I look at some decisions that I've made that are really bad. <laughs> but I look back and I see a few good ones. The best one of all is when I chose to let Jesus Christ be the Lord of my life. And, you know, I could have used all kinds of excuses. Oh, I'm not perfect. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I do things wrong, and I don't want to be a phony and all this stuff. That's the devil talking to your brain. That's who that is. Oh, I've got these problems or that problems. You know, everybody's got problems. Every single person, every disciple that Jesus called had problems. They all had problems. And you know what? They were not instantly cured of those problems. They had to grow in the Lord daily through discipleship. And they got more and more like Jesus Christ. Now this man we're going to read about here, Simon of the Gadarenes, he had some big problems. Not only did he have his own personal problems and his personality and everything, no telling what it was, he was probably in rebellion because there's a lot of evidence that that opens the doors for demons. But angels also get in rebellion. Angels got kicked out of heaven because they rebelled against God. One-third of the angels. I don't know how many that is. I do not know. The Bible never says how many angels there are in heaven. But it does say this. John on the Isle of Patmos said, I looked and I behold 150 million angels. Pardon me, 100 million angels. He saw 100 million angels. I don't know if that's an accurate number or not, but let's pretend for a minute that it is. All right? If that is an accurate number, which I kind of believe it is, Mark, because just like you and I have talked about for 35 years, every number in the Bible has a real meaning. There is something deeper about every number in the Bible and the more you read it, the more you realize that. So he said, I saw a hundred million angels. And I think, well, maybe that's exactly how many he saw. Well, the Bible says that one-third of them had already been kicked out of heaven. And so if a third of them had already been kicked out of heaven, that's 50 million. All right? If 100 million is two-thirds, then one-third is 50. And so that means 50 million angels 
kicked out of heaven onto the earth. This was about the time of Adam and Eve. This wasn't modern history. This was about the time that he made the human race. He was so disappointed with the angels that he created the humans. He was so disappointed with the angels that he said, let us make man in our image. And so what does it mean to be made in the image of God? I'll tell you real quick. Stay with me. It means that you have a body, that you have a soul that's going to live forever, and you have a mind. Just like there's the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He made us in his image, what's called a triune being. In fact, your body is not who you are. Thank the Lord. Your mind is really not who you are. Your mind is connected to who you are. Your soul is who you are. Your soul is who you are. All right? And so the angels got kicked out of heaven and they became demons. And here's what happened. It says in verse uh, 27, when he went forth to land, when Jesus went to the land, they met him out of the city. A certain man met him from the city, which had demons in him for a long time. He was wearing no clothes. He did not live in a house. He was living in the graves, in the tombs. He saw Jesus and he cried out and he fell down before him with a loud voice and he said, What do I have to do with you, Jesus? Now see, these are the devils speaking out of him. I could teach on this all day long. I'm not going to. I've got to tell you this. This is what's wrong with the United States of America right now. We have pushed God out of the schools. We've made prayer, praying to Jesus against the rules. We have, we've had one suit, lawsuit after another to keep God out of anything that we do. Corporations have made one policy after another saying you can't talk about Jesus in the workplace. I mean, it goes on and on and on, guys. Christian people, we really need to understand what's going on here. What we're seeing on television is not the real story. The real story is demons. The real story is demonic warfare against the United States of America. You see, there were walls around the United States built by the blood of our soldiers that died for our freedom, built by the faithful that believed and prayed hard to Jesus Christ. Our government, when we honored God for a long time, it's only in, re only in my lifetime has all this happened. Only in the last 50 years has all this happened. Prior to that, the country still officially respected Jesus Christ as Lord. Our founding fathers respected him as Lord. Did you know, look it up for yourself, every single state, all 50 states, started off their constitution with a proclamation of Jesus Christ and or God being our heavenly father, directing our footsteps. That's a fact. You won't learn that in your history class unless you have a really good teacher. Praise God for really good teachers. We need more of them. When the walls are lifted, when, when those wards, if you will, when the blood of Jesus are, is removed, demons flood in. Demons are flooding in. In the Old Testament, there were three main, three main things that let the demons flood in. The number one thing was honoring false gods. Whenever a country starts honoring false gods, demons, it's just like sounding the dinner bell. Demons just flood to that part of the world. The second thing is rejecting the Bible. The third thing is addiction to substances. The oldest 
thing in the Bible that we can study to compare to the United States is Babylon. Read about it. See what their main problems were. They worshipped false gods. They rejected God's word and his prophets. And they were all into sorcery. And sorcery is addiction. It's drug use. It's getting drunk. It's getting high. When you do that in your life, you are opening a door for the devil to take over your mind. May not happen the first time. But if you keep at it, you have a real good chance of the devil taking over your mind. Substances alter our mind, and that is our spirit. And when our spirit gets altered, it's like a door opens, and the devil can get a foothold. And demonic forces are real. This is not a psychological lesson. This is a real, used to be an angel, got cast down onto earth. That's a fact, and if you're listening to any kind of teaching that says something different, you need to reject it. There is a scripture that says that the angels and demons were cast, uh, reserved in judgment in hell. That's right. That is their futuristic destiny. There is many, many times in the Bible where prophecy in the future is told in past tense. If you study the Bible, you'll learn that. That was a way that the Jewish people wrote. That was a style, an Eastern style. They, they write about things in the future in past tense. And that means it's as if it, it's so sure, it's so certain, it's so definite that it's as if it's already happened. And so they would write it in past tense. Let me tell you something. The fallen angels were the reason that they corrupted the human race before the flood, and the Bible says that they even took women to be their wives. They took on human form. They took on the form of men. They took human beings to be their wives. It displeased God so much. He hated it. God hated it so much that he said it repented, that he, he repented in his heart that he even made man. All right? I know I'm out of time. But let me tell you one more thing. How many know that God can deliver you no matter what you're in? Now this guy was so bad. He was so bad. He was probably taking everything he could take, drinking everything he could drink, eating anything, the scraps that was thrown out, running around with no clothes on half the time. He was not, nobody would let him in his house, uh, in their house. Nobody would take care of him anymore. He grew up there. Everybody knew this person, but they wouldn't do it because he was so full of demons. And he really was. This guy, hey, let me tell you what the world's doing. They're lying to you. They're saying, oh, that bad habit you've got, that's a demon. No, it isn't. Oh, that problem you have in your past, that's a demon. No, it isn't. Oh, that terrible memory of that horrific thing that happened to you is your demon. No, it isn't. A demon is a being. A demon is a being that will live forever in hell, and you don't want to go there with him. And so Jesus looked at him and he said, Who are you? He already knew. And he said, Legion, because we are many. And all these demons, he made them start coming out of that man. Wouldn't it be phenomenal? Wouldn't it be phenomenal? How many would agree with me that you would love to see every relative, everybody you love, everybody you care about that has demonic activity in their life? Wouldn't it be phenomenal if right now we can just declare that they will be relieved and the demons have to flee them and they get another chance in life? There's another story about demons, and it says that he cleaned them out of the house. But you see, he didn't fill his house with God, and the demons came back seven times stronger. 
The whole multitude down in verse 37, the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes sought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear. And he went up into the ship and returned back again. All right. I'm going to close with this. Did I already say that? Okay. I'm going to close with this. He told those demons to get out of that man, and they had to do it. And he cast them into some poor pigs over here, a herd of swine. And they filled those, the minds of those pigs. I used to raise pigs, and I'm pretty sure some of them were possessed. Not really. But I kind of felt like it once in a while. Pigs are smart. They don't look like it, but they are. In fact, they have, they're one of the smartest animals. And you can train them. I never did figure that out either. They're so smart, I couldn't figure out how to train them. He cast them into these swine, and it drove them crazy. Why? Because when the demon gets in a person's mind, drive them crazy. They do things you never understood. Have you ever known somebody that got off on drugs or got turned into an alcoholic and it's like a whole complete different human being? That's because they are. Because that demons got in there and twisted their circuits. One of these days when we get to heaven we're going to understand the physiolog physiological reasons for all of this and the scientific explanation for it. But guys, let me tell you, better not laugh it off. You better not laugh it off. You better be praying a hedge around your children. You better be praying the blood of Jesus over your children. You better be praying the blood of Jesus to protect your house and to keep your door locked. I'm talking about the blood keeping your door locked of your mind because demons are real. So they ran off the cliff, that cliff I was talking about. All these swine jumped off this cliff. We stood on that cliff. It's a real place. If we ever get to go back, I could take you there to that spot where all those demons. And what did they do in the town? They did the very same thing that the church is doing right now. They're laughing at the story of demons. They're scoffing at it. They're making fun of people who believe in it. You know why? Because the devil wants to steal your family. You better not laugh at the stories of God. You better not think you're smarter than the Bible because you're wrong and Jesus is right. The spirit of rebellion comes in next and you have to start proving that you're right. Oh, I can keep doing it. I can keep living this way. It's okay. Rebel, rebel, rebel. I'm, I'm not mad. I'm mad at the devil. Because he loves you so much. Jesus loves you so much and the devil hates you. You know, really, the devil doesn't hate you as much as he hates Jesus. He's not really too concerned about you. He wants to hurt Jesus by hurting you. Okay, I'm going to close with this. Have I already said that? Okay, so, now the good news. The people of the town, they just saw the greatest miracle they had ever seen. And they wanted Jesus to get out of there. They were so afraid of him. Is that not crazy? I've known church people just like it. I have. I've seen preachers pray for somebody and they are healed. Next thing you know, there's a church member. Well, that really doesn't happen. That's not real. I, I listened to brother so-and-so, and he says it's not real. Let me tell you, you better quit listening to brother so-and-so. You better get that Bible out, and you better learn it on your own, because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is real, and he's alive, and he's still casting out demons, and we need a whole lot of demons cast out of the United States of America. In Jesus' name. We need them cast out of our families we need them cast out of our workplace we need them to cast out of our society and our culture the hate is coming from the devil not from jesus the people hated jesus for working a miracle 
Would you stand with me? I have to do that or I'm going to keep on preaching. Say this with me, please. No demon can enter me because I am a child of God. That, my friend, is a fact. And if you've been saved and you know it, Demons can work all around you. They can hurt the people around you. They can put up stumbling blocks. They can trip you up. They can cause you temptation. They can lead you astray. You might have been saved as a child, but you've gone way off. Let me tell you, that doesn't mean you're possessed. It means you're tempted by the devil and the demons and other people. It's not just the demons. A lot of times it's ourselves. A lot of times it's other people. But one thing is absolutely 100% sure. And that is if you have Jesus in your heart and you know it, there is no demon, no devil, no force that can possess you. Jesus owns you. And he will not allow it. The blood that seals the heart of your door, the door of your heart, cannot be broken by any force in this universe. The blood that seals the door of your heart cannot be broken by any force. He said, Lord, I have them all. All that you have given me, I still have them in the palm of my hand. I pray right now that if there's anyone here that's strayed away from God's will, that right now will be the time Right now at this moment, it will become so real. Is there anyone here that would say, I want to be set free? All these temptations. Or maybe, maybe you know that a demon is in you and you've not given your life to Christ. We can pray right here and now and that demon has to flee out of your life. You can be delivered of that. It's a fact. You can be delivered. 